0: hello and welcome in to another episode of the fantasy football rpg podcast i'm your commissioner Corey. i'm also known as Bittner steel and back with me this week are the two guys we got evan and we got eric uh i feel like i've stopped saying your guys sleeper usernames but just a reminder evan can be found at ep low on sleeper and eric is a corn dog what's up guys how's it going we had a we had a nice little Week five. Oh my gosh, geez, this
1: NFL season is just flying by, isn't it? This years flying by, man. I can't believe we're in October.
2: I know. I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm just like, Christmas is almost here, which is terrifying. Oh, I
0: love Christmas. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm a big, big Christmas stan. Uh, very excited for the holidays. You don't get snow though, do you,
1: Eric? No, I haven't in two years, and it's really, it's Christmas not the same without snow. It's do you, you
0: miss? Do you miss the snow?
1: Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, I, okay. I love cold weather and I love the snow. Gotcha. So I really miss that aspect of it. But um, to give your, uh, this is probably the most impressive statistic that you'll hear the entire podcast. But uh, my sister is the biggest Christmas fan you'll ever meet in your life. And her favorite movie is the Jim Carrey version, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I think Very she's solid. clocked in over 5,000 views of the movie in its entirety. And watches it on average 150 times a year, minimum. Oh my god! I believe that's, that's insane. The the last time we talked about it,
0: that's insane. That that's that's a watch like every other day or like she every does. two or three days. He watches it
1: sometimes two, three times a day. <gasps> no, it's her all-time favorite movie. She's obsessed. You're with kidding it. me. This is wait. This, this is your is relative. This is your sister. This is my sister. You share DNA with this person. Technically, no, we're both adopted from different families. but Oh, okay. okay. Sister- Very important literally. distinction. Yes. So she is literally my sister by legality, not by blood. Okay. And I have to know, Eric, what are your thoughts about The Grinch? See, I like it. But growing up with her and hearing it play all the time, it's a little much.
0: Oh, I didn't even, I wasn't even contemplating the fact that you would have to be Oh, my God, you'd have to be present for so many of
1: those watches while you were a kid. Luckily, she had a TV in her room, and typically it was at night when she was in her room, so I didn't have to actually see it a ton. Wow. Um, we didn't have, like, a TV in our main living room area. Um, we had a big one down in the basement apartment area where I lived, and then she had one up in her room. So I didn't actually have to see it nearly as much as you would think, but it blows my mind. I don't, that is crazy. I don't really have any movies
0: or tv shows like evan do you have any movies or tv shows like that that you've watched hundreds of times
1: or thousands of times
2: no i don't think i can say that i have some that i've watched like tens of times but yeah
1: uh the only thing i think i've watched that much is i've seen game of thrones five times through in its entirety but like that's it that's the most i've seen of something
0: yeah i think i i mean i've seen game of thrones maybe twice or three times i'm uh uh firefly i've seen firefly maybe half a dozen times um that's a great tv
1: show yeah i don't know if i have anything like that though that is that is wild I-, I will check with her to get exact numbers but i know it is right around there like i will come i will follow up with the exact numbers to the dot you think she could do like the whole movie by heart i'm sure then oh she knows every line she knows yeah. every inch of it that's that's very impressive she should
0: do some sort of uh I don't know, Grinch some podcast. sort of public event. or oh, or a podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Breaking
1: down line by line. Every How the episode, Grinch stole
0: podcast.
1: How the Grinch stole podcast done. It sells itself. Easy. I
2: if she could get through 24 straight hours of it. Just watch it on repeat.
1: The only thing I've done close to 24 straight hours is I watched the entire Lord of the Rings extended editions back to back to back. That's the closest I've gotten in like a 24-hour stream. Yeah,
0: I've I've definitely done that. Um that is that is crazy, wild stuff. um well, let's uh let's get a little into the uh the football talk now that this wasn't very interesting. um uh, have a drink we're not bringing up drinks. Thank you. drinks. I almost forgot drinks. This is, man, yeah, work is uh work is draining my brain. uh I'm I've just started training for a new position. I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, it is just a lot of stuff I've never had to do before. So uh, pardon me if I'm a little bit on the iffy side. But yes, we should definitely get into drinks, especially because I have a really, I have a really interesting one. Um, It is by a brewery called Fort George. Uh, I I typically just go beer. Maybe one day I'll break out a bottle uh, for an episode. But going with another uh, IPA, as as I like to do. This one, I'll be honest, I didn't read the name of it before I bought it. I just got it because it has a really cool like gold can with like a it's hard to see uh, but it has a cool like snake on it that looks like kind of aztec in nature um, so I was really into that and the gold can really got me but this one's called Suicide Squeeze which I thought that's kind of a weird name uh, for a beer and I sort of looked on the can to see if there's any information and sure enough This beer is apparently a collaboration between a record label called Suicide Squeeze and the Fort George Brewery. Um, I have not checked out any of their music. I don't know what they're about, but I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. Um, I definitely plan on checking out what kind of what kind of jams they're putting out. Very nice. I like that
1: snake Aztec snake logo on that thing. That thing's pretty cool.
0: Try to get another. It's hard to see. This is a audio medium so i know this isn't helping with the uh podcast listeners but you guys are getting a good look at it and i think it's very very cool um so yeah that's what i got going on it's really it's really good too Um, very very happy with it eight percent eight percent very tasty that's what i like nice what about you guys what do you guys got going on evan you got to be stress drinking right because you uh you got some money on the phillies game right now
2: no i'm, I'm not stress drinking i'm no? stress drinking water that's that's about it just chugging water
1: yeah just getting lit on agua dude that's all we had to afford after this game
0: Ooh, uh. just some just some classic water yeah classic i know you like it filtered filtered and cold that's your jam
2: oh yeah filtered and ice cold if, oh, if yeah. the bottle isn't perspiring it's not cold enough
1: hell yeah dude i've never trusted a person in my life who prefers water room temperature that's yeah. an instant sign of distrust right there. They
0: say it helps with digestion, but it, it, it
1: can't. I mean, cold water, it, it's, it's just so much better.
2: It's supposed to also help with hydration.
1: If they're drinking room water temperature, they must get a lot of indigestion from having to live with themselves. It's gross. Yeah, Eric, you, you are on fire right now. Ugh. Well, it could also be this. So for the wedding I was a groomsman in last month, the groom bought all the groomsmen a special single batch of basil hayden. So I got this special batch that he got for all of us that you can't just go buy on regular shelves. Um, I forget where he said he got it, but he uh, wanted to treat all of us for thanking the coming and being groomsmen at his wedding. And it is fantastic. For anybody who likes Basil Hayden, it's got a little bit of vanilla hints to it. And it's so smooth. It's unbelievable. I've become obsessed with it. And it's almost gone and I'm really sad. Well,
0: uh, putting it to good use here, uh, breaking it out for the old podcast. Well, great. So, yeah, let's get into this, guys. We got some good stuff to talk about here. Uh, this year has been just wild in general. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the craziest stuff uh, I've seen since really uh, since really starting the whole fantasy football, especially dynasty stuff, about uh, f- four or five years ago now. Um, just it seems a lot of variables uh, going on here, a lot of variation uh, from what people were sort of projecting. At the height of that, I mean, it's not a topic that we have on the list, but can I just like put it out there that the Rams stink, dude? <laughs> They're looking bad.
1: bad. Like, uh, it's ugh. Matt Stafford chucking it up to Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup making 12 catches and limping off the field at the end of the game. I'm, I'm
0: sort of concerned as to why a lot of people didn't sort of see it coming with, I mean, their O line is, is pretty bad and they were aging out like last year i think it was kind of surprised to see them perform as well as they did last year um and now i just i just don't think i just see matthew Stafford getting so much pressure every single snap um so it's hard to blame him entirely but he's also kind of eh, looked a little stinky Allen Robinson's looks stinky cam Akers looks stinky man the rams just all the uh uh repeat super bowl uh Performances like all those projections are just going out by
1: the wayside. I feel like now, uh, to be fair, I don't think there's a single quarterback in NFL history that looked good with a 350 pound lineman literally swapping spit with you at every single play. Yeah, like he is just getting hit everywhere. And oh, I think the O line is the big problem. I think that's the big, big problem. he just doesn't have mobility to make up for that.
0: Yeah, no, he he literally never even like like he barely ever gets physical like that and, and takes any yeah. balls uh, upfield or
1: scrambles. But I will say Matt Stafford is tough as nails. Like he, is. He, he, is. he he's not complaining. He will take those licks and make those throws, but you can only especially being at his age, you can only do that for so long. Like he's gonna get hurt. He's he's one of the only quarterbacks
0: that could in my mind sustain that kind of punishment for for as long as he has already this year.
1: Yeah. I mean he did it his whole career in Detroit too. Yeah dudes it tough guy so I'm um, no one can ever question his toughness or his commitment to excellence but man you can only take that punishment so long before you're just he's gonna break down I think between the Rams and and just how bad the Broncos
0: are looking are probably in my mind some of the two like teams with the biggest like eyebrows raised uh like just biggest surprises I guess compared to what people
1: were sort of projecting Colts
0: Colts yeah but I- I I don't know I I wasn't really sold on the Colts.
2: Well, um, they're
1: a borderline playoff team with Carson Wentz. You figured you'd only go up from there, but I guess not. Yeah,
2: they've also been missing Shaq Leonard, so
0: they have. They have been. Yeah, their defense has been not good, but that offense isn't doing them
1: any favors either. No, um, and every time I go to the grocery store, I look for a picture of um, Jonathan uh, Taylor on a milk carton.
0: Yeah, I mean he he got hurt, but the the two games before that, I think he didn't turn out great wow. performances either so just yeah it's just just surprising stuff I know it's pretty early still I mean talking about week five so I mean who knows things can flip around pretty quickly but yeah yeah it's just it's crazy to see man so far um, a lot of a lot of teams taking a lot of hits and you know who else kind of took a hit is that cameraman uh, after the uh, Raiders Kansas City game <laughs> the boys and I have been talking about it a little bit over text but as just a news note item I mean it seems like there's some talk circulating that Devonte Adams could see a potential suspension, uh, fancy football that certainly has a potential impact there. So just kind of wanted to get a baseline on how you guys are feeling. I'm kind of on the side, I think where uh, it's a, from what I read, it's like a, like a city ordinance uh, misdemeanor that he's like being charged with. It's a little less than like a, a misdemeanor assault um doesn't seem like it's going to be a massive like bill on adam's side i know the nfl is going to like punish probably i just i don't think he gets suspended i think it's probably fine but like what what do you guys think what's your heartbeat
1: i think the most likely outcome is he gets suspended one game and i think if the nfl decides to be really tough and make a statement about players on national tv being caught shoving a cameraman Maybe he gets two if they want to be really tough about it. I can't see a world it would be more than two, and I even think it's pretty low he gets two. I would probably say he probably gets one one game out of this, probably misses the next game.
0: Which they are on their bye week, so you, you would be looking at missing, you know, Devontae Adams for two games if that's the case. Yep. Or two weeks, rather. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think, Evan, you're kind of the same way, right? You think in one-game suspension?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in our text thread. I mean, I think he gets a very, very small fine and then gets the one game suspension. Yeah.
0: So all, all of our thinkings are essentially that it's going to be pretty minor. It's be, it'd be surprising for it to be any more than, than a game. Um, but yeah, just something to keep tabs on. Um, mm-hmm. Shouldn't affect really too much what you think about Devonta Adams. Like he, you know, he's still Devonta Adams. So, All right. Well, Devonta Adams, same old, same old. Uh, Carolina Panthers, new, 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 new. Uh, <laughs> Matt Rule is fired, which, so just straight away, Matt Rule being fired, that do anything for you guys in terms of do you, do you believe that he was sort of holding the offense back a bit? Do you think the offense gets a little better? I mean, they got PJ Walker now uh, out there with with Baker and Sam Darnold being injured. So is this kind of a like a wash, do you think? Or do you think the Panthers are just, garbage fire now with like an interim head coach and pj walker like kind of leading
1: the the team for the for the meanwhile i really don't think that the firing of Matt rule does anything different i think you should think of all of your panthers players that you have the same way you did before um i can't see a huge difference the only news that i think that this is worthy of is i think the chances they trade mccaffrey goes up and I think that's the only noteworthy news from that because I think this basically is them saying we're punting the year. That would be the only thing I would take away from it.
0: Yeah. I think the chances could go up, certainly. I think the chances are still relatively low. Um, I read that the Panthers have already sort of, I think they've already paid like most of or like half of uh, McCaffrey's like uh, what he's owed. Um, so, I mean, draft capital, sure, they could try to trade him for that. I just, not sure they will do it. I, I I don't know if they're
1: well run enough to <laughs> to do it, to be honest. You don't think the Bills might throw a first and a third at them and then be like, okay.
2: I think
0: they they could. I just don't know if the Panthers are savvy enough to take it.
2: I, I think the bigger issue is it's 25 million in dead cap if they trade them.
0: That's a good amount of dead cap. That's that's serious money.
2: You're basically losing, based off of what his cap hit number is right now, you're basically losing $17 in this year, Mm -hmm. which means you can't carry it over to next year. I don't know how much they have available right now, um, but they can't roll over basically any cap space at that point.
0: I, I think it's really likely and very unfortunate that McCaffrey is just cursed with the Panthers for the rest of his career.
1: Well, hypothetically, with them being so bad and them restarting next year by firing the head coach, do you think maybe they would just say, hey, let's just punt on next year, accumulate draft, get big draft picks for McCaffrey, just roll with whatever cheap quarterback we can grab, like do PJ Walker next year or something? And if they get the first overall pick, maybe they take like a CJ Stroud or something like that, who won't be super expensive the first year. And then your dead cap hits gone. I think that's probably the right call, even though the dead cap's hard, but I just don't know. I I just, yeah, I just don't trust him to do it. I I think the dead cap only really matters is if you think you're going to sign some big free agents this offseason to go compete, and I don't think they're anywhere near doing that.
2: Well, they're they're not going to because they're like $11 million over the cap next year as it sits. Oh, they're in a bad spot. Oh, they're They're in in a really bad spot. Yeah,
0: they're they in have no quarterback
2: teammates. and they're in a really bad
0: spot. Oh, no! Oh, no! They they need to stop like trying to put the band aid on the quarterback. Like, they, they've done this now four or five times just in recent memory where they're just like, Oh, put Kyle Allen out there, Let's see what happens. Oh, put Sam Darnold out there, Let's see what happens. Corpse of Cam Newton, Corpse of Cam Newton. Yeah, it's man, it's not good. They they need to, uh, it. And do you think this goes back to like a, I mean it's david tepper is that the guy's name Pepper, the yeah. owner? is he just not it i know he's like a businessman and maybe he's business savvy but maybe he's just not it maybe he's just not the nfl owner they need there
1: he might be too aggressive yeah works in baseball might not work so well in football yeah
0: okay well uh that was actually like sort of a preface to uh also just kind of discussing your guys's pulse on like do you guys think that there's an obvious like which coach is next on the chopping block. I think there's a couple of names
1: here. I think Ron Rivera is gone. I think he's, we can. I think that might be our unanimous (laughs) name. Yeah. I think that was on my hot take last week too. That I thought he would be the first one gone. So, uh,
0: so Rivera gets fired, gets uh, hired to the Panthers. (laughs) Panthers just keep like Ouroborosing, making the same mistake over and over again, never learning. They brought Cam back when he was washed up, bring Rivera back when he's was washed up on the brand. They, they bring Rivera back, and then they bring Cam back again, and then they fire Rivera, and then they drop Cam, and then they hire Rivera again, and then they bring back Cam, and it's
1: just a non-ending cycle. Uh, it's very Panther-like. Yeah, There's a world where that could happen. But um, no, I, de- I definitely think Rivera's gone, and I think – If it continues as bad as it looks, there's a chance that Frank Reich is fired.
2: Yep. That was the other name that I was going to throw out there.
1: I think that's a good one. I I, I think that's a good one. That's a realistic possibility. He's had a lot of chances.
0: When you think about the teams that are not performing well and had like the higher expectations and aren't named Sean McVay, uh, it really does seem like Frank Reich is like the guy there where the Colts were You know, I well they were just they are projected to be a lot better than they are performing. And uh, yeah,
1: it it could certainly be Frank Wright. I've also heard there's a lot of grumbling amongst the fan base and some belief from insiders that Nathaniel Hackett could be a one and done. I could I could definitely believe that incompetent. He's looked very bad. Oh, he's made some of the worst
0: calls in NFL history in my opinion. Like that field goal one's unforgivable.
1: He should have been fired right then and there. Oh, yeah. He's looked terrible. And you just signed Russell Wilson to $245 million deal. And if he can't make him look any better, you got to try to salvage the investment in Russell, right? Like, I mean, what what if you call up up Sean Payton? And Sean Payton's like, I'll come there, Coach Russell. I don't think that'll happen. But like, would you not drop Nathaniel Hackett and go get Sean Payton if that was the case?
2: Well, they'd have to trade the Saints for the rights to Payton because Payton's right. under contract right. with them for like what two more years or something. That was just like a
1: name that. that popped in my head. There's other coaches, but
2: like and I
0: know there's been like Sean Payton, and and I know you guys were like pretty firm believers in Sean Payton to the to the Cowboys. But I mean, I, I shouldn't be Sean
1: Payton. There's just a random name that popped in my head. Sure, but, sure, sure.
0: But it's interesting to think like with the Cowboys winning games, Sean Payton will still probably go somewhere, but it might not be the Cowboys. He might not,
1: the job might not be available if the Cowboys keep winning. It's a good point. I think the Cowboys have to win a playoff game for McCarthy to feel safe though. True.
0: Uh, do, uh, one of the sleeper ones for me, I think, uh, what do you guys think about Josh McDaniels?
2: Mm-mm. No, I think he gets uh, a chance. Uh, yeah. He gets given a chance. The, the one that I think would be an absolute shock to everybody because he's such a beloved coach would be Tomlin. Don't, oh, Oh my heart.
0: I thought you were going to say Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't scare me like that.
2: But the players love Tomlin. Yeah, true. But true. I mean, if the Steelers win, you know. The Roonies love first, Tomlin, right? Oh, like that's that's I, pretty Yeah. The the Roonies love Tomlin. Yeah. I don't so, think
1: they would publicly fire Tomlin. He'd probably like step down if Tomlin would be like, I'm stepping down, I yeah. wanna take a break for a year, and then he goes somewhere. I think it'd be one of those. Yeah. which I guess could kind of be considered a firing, kind of not. No, I think the real hot take barn burner that might happen is if they continue to not look good and they bottom out by the rest of the year, Bill Belichick. No, no way. I, I, I can't believe that.
2: Bill's done too much for Kraft. Yeah. He went to it.
1: I listened to Bill Simmons quite a bit, and he, he's Mr. Boston, right? He's got so many connections to all the Boston teams. And he was talking about on his uh, he was talking about on his pod or some video I watched of him in or something like that that he knows people inside the Patriots organization who are close to Kraft and Kraft is not happy with Belichick.
2: That seems so
0: rough. Based on like, I mean, Mac Jones gets injured, Hoyer gets injured. You're stuck with Zappy. Like, mm-hmm. they're and they're still like being competitive and and winning games too. It's not like they're right. you know losing all their games or anything.
1: I would certainly not bet on it happening, but if I woke up at the end of the year, if they had a really terrible year and read in the headlines, Bill Belichick let go or Bill Belichick steps down, I wouldn't be like, hmm. oh my God, the world's ending, right? Like,
0: That's that's interesting. Do you think Brady retires from football to go be the head coach of the Patriots?
2: No, he's already got the contract to be in the booth.
1: Actually, I think the more likely thing would be is if Frank Barrett gets fired. What about Peyton? Ooh, that will be tight i would love to see that Is There a world that peyton gets in there like i don't know maybe that's, interesting. that's interesting Peyton might want to be a gm though i don't know but i think you're right he might want to be a gm but i you know colts call peyton what about eli though <laughs> oh my uh what what was his name uh, the, memiest, the
0: memiest what, universe what was it chuck powers yeah oh my god that video was so so funny but like uh, it was so cringy, but also funny because it was
1: cringy. Uh, that, was, that was I, I like Jared Goff's better, but Eli's was funny too. Yeah, I would agree with you there.
0: Okay, uh, so Odo Beckham Jr. just it you know crossed my screen as I was scrolling Reddit that it sounds like he's gonna be a go in November. The Rams have also apparently not been really in talks with him uh, in terms of bringing him back in any sort of official capacity um i guess do you do you guys care is Odo beckham i mean we're kind of seeing the rams without him and there's a bunch of other stuff going on there but could be a contributor of them not being as successful do you guys think that he still has something to offer and what teams do you guys think would be interesting if he went to
1: he it's literally a uh, no news whatsoever to me kind of a deal except one team would make me raise an eyebrow and that's the Packers that's the only one that I would sit there and think well I'll wait and see but that's it I still don't even think it would be that much of an impact but yeah just the way Rogers is with locking into a veteran mm-hmm. guy I, I would raise an eyebrow and go "Eh."
0: yeah I mean here's the thing though man I mean you put Rogers and Odo Beckham in the same locker room I mean the universe is just going to black hole and implode on itself that is also fair <laughs> it's gonna be the most uh that is going to be a battlefield in there. Uh but also uh the Packers are allergic to uh bringing on wide receivers. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just I don't see that super likely. I still think like I still think there's a universe where he goes to the Bills. I think that's possible. You think they would bring him in? I think Odell is at this point he's a ring chaser, and I think the it's the Bills for him. If you want I-, I mean he's I think he's seeing the Rams and he's going, nah, I'm good. See, I would see the Chiefs over the Bills. I would kind of agree with you, but the Chiefs just have so many like big name, like quote unquote wide receivers. They always bring on
1: more, you know, like that. That's kind of their thing. Could be, could uh, be. They're like the Rams of the of the uh, AFC, but they seem to, but they have Mahomes, right? I would certainly
0: put those two. I think it's those two teams for me. Um, I would just I see him as more like the like what he did for the rams when it was you know presumably cooper cup and robert woods and odell like when they were trying to like get that trio uh set and then i see like kind of a similar dynamic with Diggs davis
1: and beckham um so that's kind of the the corollary i'm seeing the reason i have a hard time with the bills is because sean mcdermott strikes me as a no nonsense head coach and i just don't know if he would want to coach odell possible I I could be wrong. They, he could be like that. Talent is worth it, and bringing it in. He just strikes me as like a very tough nose. Like we don't deal with distractions. We don't deal with crap here. Where I mean, I don't think Andy Reed really does either. But Andy Reid's much more player friendly. I feel like he seems to be a very let people express their personality, but we're staying within the in the realm of our system.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I think no matter what, though if as a fantasy owner i don't really care i'm not super excited there would never be a week i'd be excited to start him ever yeah
0: um i have him on a couple teams but yeah yeah don't have a lot of exposure for those reasons exactly all right um moving along to just to highlight here I think that the NFL did a pretty decent job uh, with the schedule this year. There have been a lot of really awesome games thus far. We can skip this topic. Up through, you know, week six. Sorry? We can skip this. We don't need to talk about this. We can skip this. But I just wanted to quickly highlight the terrible job they've been doing uh, on this last and upcoming Thursday night football game. If you aren't aware of the last Thursday night football game where the Colts and the Broncos slept their way through an entire three-hour game uh, barely putting up any points, all field goals, all field goals, twelve to nine performance, disgusting. uh I literally couldn't watch. Well, let's be honest, I watched all of it because I like to see Russ in pain. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I was really looking forward to this Thursday. I thought, how could how could it possibly be worse than that? Well, this Thursday we get the Commanders versus the Bears. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, but um, that is just not a game I'm excited to
1: watch at all this game's gonna have seven interceptions and eight field goals it's gonna be garbage it's gonna be bad
0: and i do project i think the bears win i really i do think that the bears win and i think it's simply going to be a game script of it looks close you know teams are going back and forth putting kicking points on the board it's nine to six carson Wentz is in the end zone last minute throws an interception in the end zone classic carson Wentz.
1: sounds about right but then one of our wide receivers will fumble
0: the ball and we'll lose the game three weeks in a yeah. row. Yeah, yeah, classic fumbles for the touchdown recovery by the uh,
1: Washington defense. Stupid. It's gonna be a bad game. I, I say I don't even know, I'm gonna watch it, and then I'll be up uh, and watch yeah. it. Yeah,
0: it's just brutal. Not super in depth for the the fantasy implications there, but just guys, can we can we get a good Thursday night football game, please? I think the Thursday after that is like Saints Cardinals, which is like a little better at least there's some like more fantasy implications there where you have some startable guys but um still not great and then the thursday after that is finally raven's bucks so we have to wait till week eight for like a decent thursday night football game
1: for fantasy purposes the only player you're starting and feeling somewhat good about david montgomery
0: i was gonna say the only players you're starting
1: okay. in that game are the two defenses i mean if you're playing defenses sure then you have three yeah. but i i would still feel okay about montgomery that, yeah. That's the only because if you have Montgomery on your team in a twelve-team league, he's probably your RB two. No, and-
0: Brian Robinson, man, he got shot, man, and he's he's still he's running around. You excited for Brian Robinson?
1: I am, but as long as Antonio Gibson's there, I'm not super excited. Yeah, I guess Gibson's going to be handling uh,
0: kickoff duties according to Ron Rivera. Yeah, I don't know what's going on
1: there. I, I don't trust anything about anything that's going on in Washington until I see more.
2: Yeah, it's gross. No comment. Evan? No, it's, it's a garbage game. Garbage teams. I don't care anything about it.
0: Uh, what do you suppose the under is right now? And shouldn't
2: you take it? I, I don't want to touch anything having to do with this game. It's like herpes. I don't want it.
0: <laughs> I think it's safe to say that, yeah, that should be the tagline for herpes. Herpes, you just don't want it. It's true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the tagline for the movie herpes. Yeah, there's,
1: there's like a weird world tomorrow night, right? Where like there's like three pick sixes. Somehow they're throwing touchdown. Like there's like a weird world. It's like thirty-eight to thirty-one for something, and yeah. like a flat fest. And then there's True. a world. It's three to two. Yeah, like, three to two. Know. That's a great. St-
0: is that a scoregami? Three to two. I think so. Has to be. All right. Uh, I believe this is your uh, your football topic, right, Eric? Yeah. You want to lead us
1: off on this? So I'll leave just for like a couple minute, couple minute discussion because I wanted to build off our talk from last week and this weekend only solidified it for me when it comes to tight ends and draft value of tight ends and startups for fantasy purposes, right? So last week we were talking about there's only two tight ends in the entire league that you slot in your tight end position. You're like, oh, I feel good about that. Mr. 25 yards and four touchdowns, Travis Kelsey, which cost me three leagues. And then Mark Andrews, who just is a, Catch everything for Lamar Jackson, right? Everybody, every other tight end in the league, you can try to talk yourself into, but you're also worried about him in there, right? You you know who I'm getting there with is David Njoku. Really consistent. And he's... Goddard. I mean, Goddard he's too, I've been feeling better about, but... Yeah, I think
0: those are the two for me too. Yeah, yeah. Hawkinson cra- had that crazy one performance, but
1: he's still very inconsistent. But still crapshoot, right? Yeah. So... If you were doing a 2022 startup now, because that's all, that's all we know for right now, I don't want to do 2023 at this point, is there arguments to be made to usurp some of these other skill position players, like running backs and wide receivers, to take a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey in the first round for the sole purpose of being so dominant at that position, you're going to win it every week. So all you have to do is figure out your other 10 to 11 starting slots. Does that... The scarcity of consistency of that position, does that drive that value up that much? And I just thought it was an interesting conversation to have. Because there was an argument that um, right around when I really started getting into fantasy football years ago, when the top two were Gronk and Jimmy Graham, that people were arguing Gronk and Jimmy Graham at 1.01 and 1.02 because they offered such a substantial advantage over every other position when you had them, that it was worth sacrificing the elite running back, wide receiver, quarterback. Are we at that point again with Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey? Um, I think that in a
0: sense, it's kind of, mm, I think it's always kind of been like three guys at most. And so now it's only two guys. That's fair. But yeah, I'm really, I am starting to kind of feel that way. And it feels like, I feel like the biggest proof of this is the implementation of tied in premium. I feel like that like fantasy setting is entirely, it was entirely birthed from this Titan scarcity that kind of has always sort of existed where Titans just kind of suck for fantasy. Um I've seen a lot of articles out there over the years that are just like, don't have Titans in fantasy like just don't even have them. Like I've seen those conversations take place. And I think it's for kind of this reason that I almost think that fantasy players, we like to talk ourselves into there being tight ends that can break into those, that top tier. And it just really is a crapshoot. Like we just, we we try to talk ourselves into it, but tight ends are, are tight ends. If you're not those two guys that have very special situations, you're just taking a, a
1: risk every week, rolling someone out. And just the way that the scoring is with the tight end premium. And if you have Andrews or Kelsey and the crap shoot, that's a tight end. You're almost starting up 20 to nothing every week or 15, yeah. to nothing, depending on your settings, right? Like that's such an advantage going to every single week. Because Mm -hmm. you can mix and match all sorts of other positions. You can't really with the tight end. You have to hope you put in um, Taysom Hill in the right week, right? You're hoping and praying for that. And the other thing I think is big with it too is in Dynasty, which is what we mostly talk about. I don't feel like that we draft tight ends expecting them to be all that, right? Like there's Kyle Pitts, who's obviously going to be a stud. But like all these tight ends that are doing well this year, are random bottom of the barrel scrapers that just happen to be an offense that they got put into tight end, right? I never go into a rookie draft thinking, "Oh, I'm targeting this tight end." So it's almost harder to acquire that tight end too, yeah, via the draft. And yeah. nobody wants to trade the good tight ends because they know how hard they are to get. Yeah,
0: no, I don't. I don't disagree. Um, Evan, any tight end thoughts?
2: Yeah. So while you guys were talking, I was just trying to run through some of the the leagues just for actual numbers comparison here. Um, And I pulled up one of my leagues that has two point tight end premium and PPR. All right. So So that's
0: three points per tight end reception.
2: No, sorry. It's two points per reception for tight ends. This I'll, I'll clarify that. So when I'm looking at that and I pull up the flexes, I mean, It's Kelsey, Cup, and Andrews, like one, two, three in non-quarterbacks in scoring. So, yeah, I mean, a a case can be made. Uh, Dynasty case, in my opinion, still can't be made for Kelsey due to the age, Um, but you can make the case a little bit easier for Mark Andrews because you'll have a couple more years uh, of serviceability with him. And that's the whole reason why Pitts was getting pushed up so high, his age, his uh, athletic scores, all of that. And the fact that tight end is just become such a wasteland. I mean, you look at the old guys in in redraft, I think it's a little bit easier to, to pick and choose a tight end. I mean, we still have Zach Ertz, who's producing at an elite level there. So, I mean, that's that's pretty, pretty good there um you have guys that you can just take a shot on you know find a guy in a really good offense um which if you're going to take a shot on a tight end that's typically what to do you want to look at an offense that puts a lot of targets to the tight ends um even if they're not that great so you look at Hayden Hurst I mean 13 and a half points a game right now tight end number 10 like what were you getting Hayden Hurst for pennies like yeah basic basically free
0: Injoku. Last pick yeah. in a lot of, in a lot of drafts
2: and Joku was a lot of people's sleepers. So he started going a little bit higher. Higby, nobody wanted Higby and he's just been a target hog this year.
0: I was thrilled to uh, sell a Tyler Higby uh, in the off season for a third round pick. I was thrilled. Yeah. And now I regret it.
2: Yeah. I mean, you look at what he's done so far this season and he already has 48 targets. His previous career high was 89. Like, he should easily, at this rate, crack 100 oh, targets. God, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you have a tight end that is above 80 targets, there is a sizable likelihood that he will end up being a tight end one.
1: It, it, that, and it also pushes down, so if you don't get those two in the startup draft, right, those two studs, or like a Kyle Pitts for the youth and the potential, I pretty much ignored tight end until bottom of the barrel, because I'm like, I'm going to take five at the end of the draft, and just pray to God one of them hits because that's yeah. kind of what it is. And then that's where you end up with your Hayden Hurst. Where you're like, Oh, well, okay. And you're all excited about it. Right. Or you're like, um, I'm trying to think of a, like a middling tight end that some people were like eh, on um, Hunter Henry, where he was kind of going mid drafts and stuff like that. I mean, what a waste of a pick. Like it's just, it's tight ends are hard, but I was just, thinking about the way we were talking about them just from fantasy purpose about how the scarcity just drives those two elite guys that you almost have to think about like a Mark Andrews on the top five pick now. Yeah. Is it the advantage it gives you week to week?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think we are getting there for sure. I think it's, it's definitely approaching that uh, sort of value. He, he's not really, I guess, especially in like a super flex, he's not, ever really been in the first round like this last season i wasn't seeing him go in the first round at all he was like third fourth fifth round but once kelsey is gone and it's mark andrews and everyone else i think that's when you're gonna see some serious movement for Mm -hmm. mark andrews
1: we'd hope Pitts will climb up into that too but
0: yeah we'll see man the falcons stink they do stink i just don't know i just don't understand like they lose so many games by a hair And then you look at Kyle Pitts and you're like, well, if uh, Kyle Pitts got more than three receptions, uh, maybe that would have made the three point difference. Yep. Who knows? But anyway, uh, last bit of news or or last bit of football talk here that I just wanted to uh, proclaim to the heavens is it is Ken Walker season, baby. I uh, Look, Rashad Penny, heart goes out to him. I think he's an awesome dude but he could never stay healthy. And this is what I was saying the entire off season, is I love the guy. I think he's super talented and he was really showing out for the Hawks. He was playing well, but the, the ankle break, I'm not surprised in the least bit, not even a little bit surprised. In fact, I called this from so far away, making my bold take for the RPG leagues that Ken Walker by the end of this season would be a keep trade cut dynasty top 10 running back with over a thousand all-purpose yards, that's why I made that bold take. It's because Rashad Penny getting hurt, saw it coming mile away, and now it's Ken Walker season, and I'm I'm all in, all in. The way that Gino is playing, the way that offense is operating right now, look, the wheel, the wheels can fall off any given week. All right, I think some of it is is a little bit of smoke and mirrors still, maybe, but. It's looking great, man. Like the Hawks are ranked as somehow the number one or at least top three offense on a lot of sites right now. Geno Smith is being ranked as a top five performing QB. Let's go. That's all. That's all I wanted to say about that. You want to say our uh, Seattle Seahawks take of the week? Yeah, I mean you got to have one at least, right? One at least a week. Evan gets to Evan. Do you want to do a quick Eagles five and zero?
2: They're the last undefeated team. Nick Sirianni. Get up and dance about it. He's going to win coach of the year. Yeah. Go
0: Eagles. All right. Eric, maybe someday we'll have you do a Bears shout out that is uh, positive in some nature. Bears suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I won't argue with you there. All right. Uh, Moving along here uh, to our first of many segments, uh, we have Evan's best bets. Evan take it away
2: so last week we did not hit on the Dolphins minus three Uh, a lot of that was based on Teddy being the quarterback which was pretty unfortunate uh got drilled out of the game with concussion symptoms and concussion so obviously trying to be careful didn't want him back in the game had to play the rest of the game with Skylar Thompson and they absolutely got just destroyed in the fourth quarter they were holding their own going in and uh, the fourth quarter just absolutely railed them but this week we're looking to come back here so I'm looking at the Ravens team total over 26 and a half uh, 27 is a key number and one thing to remember is uh, opposing teams against a team that came back from a London game without a buy is our six and one On their team total overs. So there's usually a little bit of hangover. The Ravens are a high powered offense. The giants will probably run the ball a good bit. So that'll probably shorten the game, but if they can make Daniel Jones throw the ball, they are, um, he is prone to issues obviously with throwing the ball. So that could cause some short fields for Lamar. And I just really like that 27 number.
0: Mm, It almost makes you really like Barkley because if, I mean, the Ravens have been proven to be able to be thrown on. Right. But other than Barkley as like a receiver, like a a formidable receiver that you need to be worried about, the giants don't have much, they don't have much else. Um, So like, this could be like a six, maybe seven reception game for Barkley. Could be. Cool, I like it. Well, I'll go ahead and join you in that, as always, riding the uh, riding the train there, and that of course segues us right into. Oh, ah, man, my my mouth is on fire. There must be a spicy take coming
1: around the corner. Oh, it is time for the Eric Spicy Take of the Week. So we bought we focus a lot on win loss records, some good teams, some bad teams, and stuff like that. It's time for us to get into some fantasy spicy takes right now and i'm feeling really spicy this week so let's look back we talked about first rounds with tight ends this podcast let's look back at first rounds from this year Corey, evan name some players who are going the first round we've got some quarterbacks right we've got some josh allens we yes. got some patrick mahomes yeah. we got some tyler murray's lamar jackson so lamar jackson right running backs i mean jonathan taylor's flying off oh yeah the after naji harris oh, Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah. Austin Eckler, maybe, like, a Donovan Cook here and there. Oh, yeah. wide receiver. We get, like, you know, a nice Justin Jefferson up there. We oh, yeah. Up for some, like, big risk takers up receiver there. One? Yep. And then, there's this guy. Jamar Chase. Did you guys know that Jamar Chase is ranked 23rd amongst all wide receivers right now? Jamar Chase. Jamar, Jamar Chase that went 1.01 in some leagues because he was 21 years old. And uh, you have people like Chris Carter saying he's the next Randy Moss. Everything like that, right? Jamar Chase, that Jamar Chase. You guys know the Jamar Chase I'm talking about? I'm aware of the uh, player, Jamar Chase, yes. The one that people had to sell their first board to trade for him this offseason? Right. Well, my original spicy take was that Jamar Chase will finish outside the top 10 and and wide receivers this year. Then I was like, that's not spicy enough. It's a little lukewarm, Eric. I decided... Two changes to Jamar Chase will finish out at the top 15 wide receivers this oh. year. But that is not spicy enough. Jamar oh. Chase will not be a top 20 wide receiver this season, therefore not even being a wide receiver two at the end of the year. He'll be a borderline top wide receiver three at best. Oh. Feel free to disagree. Jamar Chase will be 21 or worse in wide receiver rankings this year at the end of the season, regardless of injury status oh boy just to get inside your head a little
0: bit on that like what are is it like a Bengals hangover thing for you is it a t higgins is really good deal for you it's or a like...
1: mix of a lot of things i've seen okay. two Bengals games so far and that doesn't sound like a lot but there's only been five so i've seen roughly 40 percent of Bengals games and from watching the Bengals. That offensive line is just not clicking right now. Joe Burrow's not getting a lot of time to throw the ball. A lot of that Jamar Chase points last year felt like they came on big throws, right? Like those big, long touchdowns that Jamar Chase would use to just break games wide open. They are not doing that this year to this point. T. Higgins hasn't even started getting going yet. At some point, you figure he's going to start getting going. He's actually ranked 24th in wide receiver rankings. He's one behind Jamar. Um, I think he's one behind Jamar. He was either right, one in front of Jamar or one behind Jamar. I can't remember. But you would imagine he would get going at some going. He's very good, too. Hayden Hurst is now a target that seems to be targeted quite a bit. Uh, every single passing down, they seem to put uh Samjay P. Ryan, yeah. Maje mm-hmm. P. And, like, the last drive before the half, they threw it to him, like, five times. on just like these dump-offs. Because he doesn't have time to get it down the field. And it seems like a lot of teams are double covering Jamar as well is Jamar was having to make ridiculous catches just to get 12 yard games. Hmm. So just everything I've seen from the Bengals so far, and this is not an indictment on Jamar. I still think Jamar is a top three wide receiver talent in a dynasty format. And I don't think you should feel bad about training for him or how, how you took him. I just don't think this is his year. And I think he's going to take a lot of lumps and I don't think he breaks the top 20.
0: Spicy, spicy. Very, very spicy. Um, as someone who didn't acquire any Jamar Chase, but did sell some Jamar
1: Chase. Um it's interesting. You have you have my interest, sir. Mm-hmm. And I would say to all fantasy owners, do not panic, do not sell him, hold him until either well, hold on now. I've already sold him. <laughs> Unless you're Corey and you already sold him. <laughs> do not sell him until his value goes back up. he it eventually? Well, he's too good for it to yeah. not go back up eventually. I just yeah. don't think this is his year. And I just don't think this is the Bengals year.
0: No, it's it's a uh, that's a good spicy one. I do like that. Bengals definitely, I mean, th- that's a classic stereotype, right? Is the uh um whoever loses in the Super Bowl, they have that massive hangover, right? Like the whole team like typically doesn't function nearly as well. Um, so that might lend a little cream to your theory here. So uh yeah, I think it's a good pick. Um and let's uh Let's go ahead and and fast forward here into uh, into top dogs. You guys feeling it? You guys feeling some top dogs? Some top dogs. A uh, little bit of a recap from last week. Uh, we all got a point, which is awesome. Uh, Evan and I shared a point uh, with Kelsey as our top dog for tight end. He had a very interesting stat line of seven receptions for four touchdowns and 25 yards. <laughs> Such a meme stat line. Uh, and then Eric came in with his first point on the board finally, uh, with Josh Allen as the QB one on the week. On the board, yeah. Uh, Chubb for me got close. Uh, I think Kamara got decently close. Uh, Cooper Cup got pretty close, but not top dogs. So the current scoreboard is set at Evan with five, uh, the top dog of our top dogs. Uh, I am now on the board with two. Uh, And Eric, first point on the board, coming in hot with one point. Uh, But for this week, I'm going right back to the hey man. I just, I love Josh Allen. He's probably been the guy I've slotted in as a top dog most. Um, And him going up against, arguably going to be the the best game of the uh, regular season with the Chiefs and Bills. Um, I think that Chiefs defense is exploitable. I'm foreseeing an amazing shootout game. Josh Allen, five TDs, 400 yards. Let's go. What more do I need to say? Josh Allen, top dog. I actually, I really like this as a game where Josh Allen can also scramble a fair bit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this game and looking forward to Josh Allen, QB1.
1: I like that. I like that. Eric, I don't like your pick much. I don't really like your pick. Well, I didn't think I'd pick this guy on season either, but the stars are aligning. We're going to go with teeny tiny Kyla Murray. Oh, he's so cute. The teeny tiny Kyla Murray. The last two teams to face the Seattle Seahawks have scored plus 40 points. So I feel like it's a pretty uh, good scoring opportunity for quarterbacks. And uh, that uh, Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Doom. Is in Doom for anybody who watches Seattle's defense.
0: I actually and, think the uh, Legion of Doom is too cool.
1: I've been going with Legion of Boo. Oh, Legion of Boo. I like yeah. that. So they went from Legion of Boom to Legion of Boo. <laughs> bad. Yeah. And, uh,
0: Kyler Murray, I think a lot of sites have us as the number one offense and the 32nd
1: ranked defense. <laughs> God, that's awful.
0: That's so, so bad.
1: So, I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Kyler to throw the ball a lot, run the ball a lot, and I think he's going to put up monster points. So I'm riding the Kyler train this week, and it might be the only time this year that I do that.
0: I did think about Kyler. I will be honest. I did think about Kyler because, you know, I'm a Hawks fan. I'm watching every game. Our defense is booty. So that's a decent enough pick, I guess. Although the Hawks are going to win. It's going to be 50 to 45 Hawks. It's
2: probably <laughs> that's where they've been going.
0: What about you, Evan? What do you got for QB1?
2: Yeah, so I'm going for a stack once again this week between tight end and quarterback. You love your QB tight end stacks. I do. It's a good. It's a good like uh, corollary. Yeah,
0: because if the if the tight end goes off for that much, you can reasonably expect that the QB is just having a fire game.
2: Yep. So once again, going with Lamar Jackson this week. Obviously, didn't go with him last week because I went with Patrick Mahomes, who came in second, unfortunate. Um, but yeah, going with Lamar Jackson. Uh, going against a giants defense that is pretty good against the pass thankfully lamar doesn't need to pass the ball to have a whole heck of a lot of fantasy points solid pick um i
0: like that uh let's go to running back now where i did uh i decided to just get uh you know a little spicy with it um although i feel like this is one of those weeks where it seems like it could kind of go in a weird direction. You know, you have some of these top guys that are um, just in situations like the top RBs are, are playing teams that are a little tougher, in my opinion, to to really put up a huge game on. And I feel like this guy is kind of primed and ready to just explode against the New York Jets. Uh, that is Aaron Jones. Christian Watson uh, is hurt. Uh, taking away a key pass catcher for the Packers. They have very, very limited pass catchers to begin with. Um, This was a risky one for me because it could end up being an A.J. Dillon game. I'm I'm well aware that A.J. Dillon could be the guy that they just pound the rock with, but I'm seeing this more as a game where Aaron Jones can come out and be that hybrid running back wide receiver guy that he has been in the past where he might only get 80 yards on the ground, but I think he's going to put up just as much, if not more, through the air and have six or seven receptions with a couple TDs. Um, I just think that the Jets, you know, they don't have a lot to stop him with. They're gonna probably put sauce on Alan Lazard, I guess, who probably gets locked down. Uh Roger's is gonna have to funnel the ball to someone, and I think it's gonna be Aaron Jones.
1: Very nice. I actually very highly considered Aaron Jones as my pick. And then I saw you did, and I was like, never mind. Too slow. So that was a good pick. Uh, I went with Austin Eckler because surprisingly the Broncos do not have that good of a run defense this year. It's like middle of the pack. It's not terrible, but it's not great. And just how bad Russell Wilson has been. And he's going to be on the road. I just have a feeling the Chargers are going to get up by a bunch and they're just going to run the ball a lot. And I think Eckler is just going to be heavily involved. A lot of dump offs to him. Eckler, uh, Eckler is running back one right now. in some leagues, right? Because I saw other leagues where Dick Chubb was. Oh, uh, that might be true. I'm looking at, yeah, I'm not looking at a specific league. Let me get to a more traditional league. I mean, when, when I looked it up, I think I saw Chubb one, Eckler two, but they're they're both basically one and two. They're dominating. Right. Uh, bu- 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 it is. It uh, and it's
0: it's by point three points.
1: Oh, okay. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, but fair enough. Yeah, Nick Chubb is running back one, which is
1: fun. Eric, Eric's Dick uh, Dick Chubb RB one. Still, uh, number one, still, still looking alive, at him. still alive, but I just, Eckler's having an awesome year. Can't go wrong with picking him. And I just think that matchup against the Broncos is just very juicy. Oh, I like
2: it. love Austin Eckler. Uh, and what about you, Evan? So I'm sticking with the same game and going with Saquon Barkley and we just kind of hit on it. Yeah. Let it go. Uh, I think he's going to get a bunch of dump off passes. I think he's going to get a lot of work so he's their best offensive player and let's get him seven receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown and get him some rushes on the ground
0: that's pretty much exactly yeah that's exactly what my thoughts are so uh not surprised to see that as your running back top dog i like it i like man i love when we get like mixed results from us i love when it's like all spread out how we have three different rbs you love to see that because either One of us is going to get a point or none of us are going to get points for that. (laughs) It's going to be great. Uh, All righty. Moving along here to wide receiver. Look guys, I went really chalk this time and I want to just quickly say we continue to do a really bad job at not picking Justin Jefferson (laughs) on the weeks that he is Wide receiver one. He's done it now, I think, two or three times, and we've never picked him during any of those weeks. (laughs) So I took that into consideration. I really, truly did. But this week, I'm going with Cooper Cup. Uh, Look, the Rams are not performing well. Totally understand that. Cooper Cup is still getting his, though. And this week, they are going against the Carolina Panthers, who are just completely terrible when it comes to uh their secondary um i just don't think there's any world where they have any defensive player that can stop cooper cup from getting 11 or 12 receptions for 120 yards and a score or two uh so i think it's going to just be one of those classic cooper cup wide receiver one weeks
1: as he's had so many weeks before you can never go wrong with the cooper cup pick, honestly indeed indeed you're always going to be in competition when you pick him uh, but I will uh, make up for our previous mistakes and everything you just said. Because I'm going with Justin Jefferson. You guys know the Dolphins have a bottom five pass defense this year. Yeah, it's bad. Pretty pretty bad. bad. Defense is not good on uh, on the pass game. They have a decent run defense when I looked it up, but they have a bad pass defense and uh, they have no Tua to my knowledge right now. Uh, I still haven't heard any update on Teddy. They don't have Teddy. It's going to be Skylar Thompson. Okay, I haven't heard anything about Tua. So they're going to have a third string quarterback. Okay. So it's going to be Skylar Thompson, who yeah. one named Skylar, I think legally is not allowed to be a good NFL quarterback. And so they got him going and you got Kirk Cousins who just started the game 17 for 17 last week against the bears. I'm not saying the bears are barn burners or anything, but like Justin Jefferson had like 10 catches for 122 yards in the first half. We could see a repeat of that this yeah. week. He is just flying open. There's nobody who can stick with him on the dolphins. I just think he's going to explode in back-to-back weeks. I definitely consider
0: Justin Jefferson uh, really was tough for me. Like you said, to put a, a wide receiver top dog as like the back-to-back top dog. It's just, it seems so unlikely to me. Um, And then the Skylar Thompson situation, like the Dolphins could just get annihilated in the first half and like not put up any points at all. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I I think one of my concerns was that Tyreek was still a little beat up and Waddle maybe is still a little beat up, but they all, they both seem like generally like they're going to play. So maybe not as much of a concern, but um, those are my two guys for sure. Those are the two guys that I, well, I actually had three guys and I think Evan's got the third guy. Evan, do you want to give us your wide receiver top dog?
2: Yeah. So my wide receiver I'm going with is Stefan Diggs. I wanted Josh Allen to pair him with. Was going to go with the quarterback wide receiver combination, but Corey already took Josh Allen. So I was just looking down the line and trying to see where I could potentially make more points on these guys. So I went with Stefan Diggs. Uh, I did not want to go with Justin Jefferson because he is playing outside. And we all know the split differential between indoor and outdoor. Justin Jefferson didn't want to go there Cooper Cups dealing with a foot injury and was a DMP today at practice so I shied away from that pick as well and that's what led me to Stefan Diggs
0: I think it's a great pick yeah like I said these were my three guys um Stefan Diggs against the Chiefs man I mean he could go absolutely nuclear um I think I was just like trying to hedge my bets a little bit and not not have a stack I don't really know why but also like Gabriel Davis, you know, the Gabriel Davis factor, maybe he showed out again last week. So maybe he gets a little more work, but I don't know. I, like we said, it's so hard picking these like three dudes that are all at the top and trying to like sift through the, I think it's a really fun experiment,
1: but it's very, very tricky some weeks. I think we're all deciding between the same three wide receivers this week. For sure. All Because I was considering Diggs and Cotts. Yeah, I think we all bounced through the three of them there.
0: We actually did. We actually did an exceptional job this week, guys. It, we basically all picked different guys, like for every position, except for this last one, uh, which we'll get to. The tight end position, I I went Mark Andrews. Uh, I I just I don't know. So the Bills' defense to me is is really good, and I think that they have a good shot at locking down Kelsey, at least to the effect that he won't be a four touchdown guy. Maybe they will actually put some people on him. uh, Unlike the Raiders, for whatever reason, that just seemingly weren't covering him sometimes during those touchdown runs. Uh, But uh, look, I, I think that Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews could both put on a big show against the Giants. The Giants do not scare me defensively um And kind of coinciding with what Evan said about Lamar Jackson, I just think that there's a really good shot that whatever touchdowns Lamar Jackson doesn't run in is going to go to Mark Andrews. I think is Bateman still out? Or is he, do you guys think he's going to, has it been, I, I, there might have been an announcement. I haven't heard an update yet. It appears he is still questionable with a foot injury. And if that's the case.
2: Yeah, he, he was he was a DNP today.
0: Yeah. I mean, Wednesday, he could be he could be back there tomorrow, but the way I'm looking at it, I think that Mark Andrews might just be funneled. And
1: so go on Mark Andrews. Very nice.
0: Uh, Eric, I, I also don't like your tight end
1: pick. Uh, full disclosure, I do actually think Mark Andrews is gonna be the tight end one. Uh, but I just did this for sake of being different. I went Zeker is it backs up my Kyler Murray thought. And uh, also, randomly, I think in a previous podcast, uh, Zach, uh, Evan was singing Zach Ertz play, uh, praises because he's like, who else is um, Kyler going to throw to? Do you guys know mm. Hollywood Browns like a top five or six wide receiver right now? Sure is. I didn't realize that till I looked that up today. And I, yeah. it's the quietest top five wide receiver season through five weeks. He's, he's getting a bunch of receptions. Like he's stacking receptions. I know I just I don't know if I haven't played him in any leagues yet or just I don't, I just didn't even realize I was like wow yeah I
0: also don't I don't have a ton of uh Hollywood exposure on my teams and also I think I like you I've been kind of lucky in a sense that I haven't had to face him really um yeah. but he's been he's been consistent also just as a fun anecdote in the I think it was the last episode where uh Evan was talking about Zacherts, and I think I was like surprised that Zach Ertz was a top five tight end and Evan reminded me that he was top five last year Um, and I also in the same episode told you both that I was just going to start putting whatever tight end was playing the Hawks because of the the Taysom Hill experience Um, and literally Eric when I put my selections in Zach Ertz was in my tight end slot until I very quickly changed him an hour after I posted mine that's hilarious. Um, So, I do like the pick. And I do think that, I mean, the Hawks are just booty, I mean, especially against the, the tight end position. De- our defense is just not good.
1: The Legion of Boo is bad at uh, defense. Yeah. And tight ends seem to explode on them. And I think Kyler's going to be funnel feeding Zach Ertz all day. I could see two to three touchdowns out of them.
0: Yeah. To me, it was between Zach Ertz and Mark Andrews.
1: So, this wasn't it TJ Hawkinson the week before against the Seahawks who went off for a million? That is, That is what. That is the corollary. Yep, it was Hawkinson,
0: then Taysom Hill. Zach Ertz is uh, he's just at the t ball plate, oh. just looking at the ball, just ready to crack it.
1: So, uh, all you listeners out there, if you have Zach Ertz on your team and you flex him or something like that week to week, he's not your like normal starting tight end. This is the week you start him.
2: Put Zach Ertz in.
0: Uh, and I kind of spoil uh, spoiled it a bit. Um, but Evan, who's your tight end top dog?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of already talked about it with my QB with yeah. Lamar and wanting to suck it, uh, but yeah, Mark Andrews, Isaiah
0: uh, Likely. Oh no, no, no Mark Andrews.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I did consider Higby because I wasn't quite sure if Cup was going to be playing, and then I looked into it, and Higby was a DMP as well today. So, so yeah, um, didn't didn't want to touch that. Uh, And then I also considered Dallas Goddard just to give me an Eagle playing this week. Why not? Um, But yeah, I, I just, I I don't see a world where Buffalo lets Kelsey beat them. And if he does, it's going to have to be with another four touchdown performance because I, I don't, I just don't see it. So I think they're going to single him out and be like, that's the one guy. If they get beat on a deep bomb with Meikle breaking coverage um, or Juju just somehow shaking a couple guys off and taking it, then so be it. But yeah, I I just inside out coverage just seems to be the way that it's going to go on on Kelsey. I would assume Mark Andrews, against a a giant team and uh, we'll see.
0: All righty. So those were our week six top dogs. That takes us to uh, my segment, which uh, in the past, I've been rolling with what I've been calling Corey sleepy dog of the week. Last week, it was JD Smooches McKissick, who uh, did not perform (laughs) uh, like I expected him to. Uh, He was pretty much a uh, a non-starter. So apologies for that. Um, I take that loss to heart and so much so that I am actually going to go ahead and I'm going to cancel Cory's Sleepy Dogs of the Week as a segment. It is not working for us. Instead, I'm going to go with a new segment called Cory's Trade Corner. Uh, And we're going to try this out for a while and see if it uh, is a little more interesting. I really wanted to bring a little more focus into the RPG leagues, into the members of RPG Nation and just really kind of dive into uh, a trade that, in my opinion, can be sort of dissected and uh, me and the boys can sort of discuss who won or lost that trade and uh, just kind of get into it. And so I have a a pretty decent one here, I think, that we can go over. Um, It happened in the RPG Paladins League uh, between at the Bat Lab and at Dad Bod God. So I want to talk about who you guys think won this and just your general thoughts on it. This trade involved the Bat Lab receiving Amon Ross St. Brown and a third and fifth round 2023 pick. And it had Dad Bod God receiving Miles Sanders, Gabriel Davis, and a 2023 second round pick. Um, I, I thought this was a pretty good trade. I think it kind of depends on how you feel about Gabriel Davis I'm still a little bit more on the fence where I think he's a little more boom bust and less of like a reliable guy for now and I although I do like the second round pick um, raw was looking like a stud before he got hurt though, uh, arguably like pushing his way into like a wide receiver uh, like a like a top 12 dynasty wide receiver um in some circles so I thought it was like a pretty good discussion point want to get your guys' thoughts on it
1: I think it's a pretty good trade especially if you're like a big believer in Gabe Davis right I really like Gabe Davis he's very boomer busty yes he's gonna have weeks like he did last week um I just picked the wrong top dog Gabe Davis week which was really sad um it was JJ though wasn't it I think it was yeah okay Gabe was second then okay um but you'll have weeks like that, right? Like, but I mean, how sustainable is three catches, 171, and two touchdowns? Like, I, I wish that number would have been eight catches, 145, and two touchdowns or something like that. That would make me feel better because three catches, 171 is just so random. But he's the boomer bust guy, right? He's going to win you some week, league some weeks, and then some weeks he's going to put up bagels.
0: Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I think I agree with you there. And, Ah man, I just really like Amon Ra, and I'm not super. I I, it's crazy too because I wasn't super big on Miles Sanders, but he's he's beat he's all right. Like especially with like how you know you sort of valued him, how most people sort of valued him as like the running back to uh slot in guy or like if you're really lucky a flex guy. Um, he's definitely not disappointing. Um, so like he's he's been looking all right, but. Ah, oh, man, I I think I might just be enraptured with Amon Ra that I think I'm on that side of the trade. I think it's a really good trade.
2: Yeah, so for me, it's a do you want the best player in the deal or do you want the depth because something probably happened? So I'm going to assume that Dabad really needed a running back, and that is part of the reason why he took the downgrade from Amon Ra to Gabe Davis. So, I'm going to assume that that was the case. Um, whether um, he,
0: run. I can confirm that by the way, he, he did need the help. Um, his yeah. other running backs were Melvin Gordon, uh, James Robinson, uh, and no other names of note. Here's, here's the other thing he lost Javante Williams.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can very much understand from, from that side of things, uh, especially if he's a competitive team this year, uh, looking to four, four and one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So it makes perfect sense to me. Um, obviously, you want the second over the third and the fifth. The fifth, to me, is just an absolute waste just of a pick. A it's a roster clogger. Yeah. It's somebody that I probably don't even want on my roster. Probably less than a throw-in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's probably a, a hindrance. Yeah. Unless it was Isaiah Pacheco.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Still holding out hope. I did. Oh my God. I didn't even tell you guys this. This should have been the trade highlight. I did flip Pacheco for a first. Did you really? I managed to do it. Yeah. In one league. And I have him everywhere. And it was a non-RPG league, uh, but it was a 10 teamer. I'd like to have a word with that man. Done and done. Yeah. That's nuts. Easy peasy. (laughs) I can't believe you actually got a first off Pacheco. It's nuts. Yeah. I've seen as high as a second in other leagues. I've never, I've never actually seen a first, I've heard of the first, the mythical first for Pacheco, um, but now I actually have the Bigfoot story of, of witnessing it firsthand. At least somebody of the league makes like rioted. Uh, yeah, some people had some stuff to say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it was after his touchdown. And I think I might have also influenced it a bit because I was like hyping him like in the league. I was like, oh man, I think it's Pacheco. I forgot what we were talking about, but uh some guy was trying to like flip ceh and i'm like yeah no i totally agree i think it's pacheco all the way he looks great like look at his measurables and the guy like hook line and sinker baby first round pick for your boy i hope he listens to this podcast (laughs) yeah i I, um maybe i'll cut this out (laughs) uh oh uh, yeah that's nuts a first for pacheco good stuff
1: yeah yeah definitely not getting that now Um, for like context i traded Derek carr and hunter renfro for a first i saw that yeah and i felt i was pretty even that's pretty good yeah i like that one you did pacheco yeah that's wild unbelievable
0: and dude didn't even need an rb I, I don't want to trash talk him too much he didn't really even need an rb it's going to be probably a later pick um but still it's a first like i'm not uh, 10 team league it's a first i will take it 100 percent
1: by the way i have your first your first specifically in like three leagues now because that first yeah. i got from donnie was yours
0: that sounds right my first have been um my first are kind of like the town bicycle everyone gets a ride I think that's what we're that's a good ending right yep yep that's it that's it right there that's the one
1: okay perfect <laughs> i've never heard that that's wild yeah how icicle everyone the right i'm gonna use that from now on i'm stealing that yeah go for it
0: <laughs> all right um well i got i got burgers to
1: cook i'm gonna go grill up some burgers Ooh, that's some my burgers. plan i, I yeah. cooked um Chicken parm tonight. Ooh, very nice. Birthday dinner for my mom.
0: Oh, nice. Happy birthday, mom.
1: Yeah, she turned 59 yesterday. There you go. Yep. From now on, every birthday she has, she's going to be 59 with shipping and handling, and it's just going to increase the price. <laughs>
0: Ooh, how do you guys like that as a podcast sign-off? We just say, happy birthday, mom. And it doesn't matter like what mom we're talking about. We just go, happy birthday, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like it. I like it. It's pretty good. It's, it's accurate but stupid enough to work. I'm I'm in sold